on today's episode of the Real Foodology Podcast. There's this brilliant synergy that happens when we combine adaptogens, which are supportive to our stress response. They're working to find balance and equilibrium in our bodies with a stimulant like caffeine. You know, when we pair those together, it's like you're taxing the system at the same time you're bringing it into balance. And so you don't get a crash. You don't get jitters. It's like such a win-win. Hi, guys. Welcome back to another episode of the Real Foodology Podcast. I am your host, Courtney Swan. I am so happy that you're here today. I am the creator behind Real Foodology, which is, of course, this podcast, but it is also an Instagram where I post recipes, and it originally started as a food blog. I haven't asked for this in a while, but if you're listening and you love this podcast, could you please rate and review the podcast? It helps me so much. It helps get this podcast on more ears. And that is ultimately what I'm hoping to do is to spread the knowledge of health and wellness to as many people as I can. I chat with Danielle Ryan Broida, who is the national educator at Four Sigmatic. If you are unaware of Four Sigmatic, they make adaptogenic and functional mushroom blends. I cannot speak highly enough about them. I have been drinking their mushroom coffee for at least the last five years. And we talk about the coffee in this episode, but if there are I've found that there's a lot of confusion around their coffee, that often people think that it's just mushrooms, but it does actually have coffee in there mixed with mushrooms. And for me personally, someone who has stress and anxiety, and I don't always have the best relationship with coffee because it really spikes my anxiety and stress, I've found that their mushroom coffee is the perfect blend of energy, cognitive function, because it has lion's mane in there and it doesn't give me the jitters and it doesn't have a ton of caffeine. It just gives me a tiny little amount. So it's perfect if you're someone like me who really deals with a lot of stress and anxiety around caffeine. But anyways, let's get back to Danielle. So Danielle and I dive into the magical world of adaptogen mushrooms. We talk about why would you want to consume mushrooms what mushrooms are best for immunity, skin, cognitive function, sleep, anxiety, energy. Like I said before, we talk about mushrooms in our coffee, um, adaptogens and what that means and what they do in the body. And does the body get used to adaptogens or can you take them long term? We talk so much more. I'm so excited for you guys to hear this episode. I have really gotten into adaptogens in the last couple of years because, as I mentioned earlier, as someone who struggles a lot with stress and anxiety, I've found that they really, really help me a lot with my stress and anxiety. So I'm excited to dive into this conversation, and I can't wait for you guys to hear it. Now, I know mushrooms are really good for us and vital to our everyday health, but you know what else is really vital to our everyday health? Bio-individualized vitamins. This is why I love honed vitamins so much. They are bio-individualized, which means that they are specifically tailored to your needs and what's going in your body. Some of the things that they can help you with are sleep, performance, energy, vitals, focus, beauty, balance, digestion, immunity, emotions, and stress. Stress is a big one for me. And I have to say that once I really dialed in my vitamins and figured out exactly what my body needs, it has helped me immensely in so many ways. My sleep, my stress, my performance, my energy, my focus, everything feels better and more in alignment. They, of course, shared with me a code to give to my audience. You will save 15% off the hair analysis assessment at livehoned.com. That's L-I-V-E-H-O-N-E-D.com. When you use the code realfood. 
Danielle, thank you so much for coming on today. I'm so excited to have you on. Thanks for having me. I'm stoked to talk to you today. Yeah. So for people listening, why don't you give them a little bit of a background on what you do? Yeah. So by trade, I'm a registered herbalist of the American Herbalist Guild. I'm also a holistic nutritionist. Um, I'm an instructor of mycology. So I teach about the science and history and herbal medicine use of functional mushrooms. And then day to day, I'm the national educator of a functional food brand called Four Sigmatic. So really, all of my life and passion is about using the plants and the mushrooms as medicine to increase our vitality, to support our sleep and our brain and our overall well-being so that we can really show up in the world as our best, most vital, overflowing versions of ourselves. I love that so much. I found Four Sigmatic probably like five years ago now, and the first thing I found was your mushroom coffee. And I think a lot of people get confused and they think that it's not it doesn't have coffee at all, that it's just mushrooms. And so I tell people all the time on my Instagram, I'm like, you have to try this out because it's for me, um, for someone that really suffers a lot from anxiety and stress, and I can't have a lot of coffee because it gives me jitters and it really just contributes to my anxiety. Finding the Four Sigmatic coffee was a game changer for me because it helped me. It allowed me to have that like little jolt of energy, but then I love the one with lion's mane in it. And I want to talk about lion's mane because I feel like it really makes a difference in my cognitive function. I feel like I'm um, thinking clear, and then I don't get the jittery caffeine side effects. It's such a win-win for me in my eyes. Yeah, let's talk about mushroom coffee for a second because this is yeah. such a easy lead-in for people that are like, "What are you talking about? I don't know where to start with herbal medicine or adaptogens or mushrooms." And it's like can be really kind of intimidating. It's a big world, and there's so much to learn and know. And um, what's really critical about I think both of our approaches with nutrition and food, it's like you don't take something once and expect all your problems to go away. The consistency is huge, right? We have to be able to build routines around these things because we're not, you know, this like creating a pill for an ill kind of idea, right? It's not like, oh, one time you take lion's mane, your focus is great. You know, your your brain's (laughs) ready to go the rest of the year. No, it's how can we do these things and incorporate these really you know, the world's most nutrient-dense ingredients, these power foods really that come in the form of, you know, we'll go into this more, but adaptogens are really the the kind of most complex foods on the planet. And there's plants in there and there's mushrooms in there. And we have to learn to build them into our everyday life. And it's really hard to start new routines. Like any new routine, we all know this. And especially routines that involve ingredients or things you maybe have never heard of, like lion's mane or chaga or ashwagandha or whatever it might be. And so the philosophy, the idea is like, how can we look at what we're already doing every day? Like, what are things we're not going to give up and that are maybe not that bad for us? Maybe they're even slightly good for us. Um, And 70% of Americans drink a cup of coffee every day. It's the number one source of antioxidants in the American diet. Like, we're not giving up our cup of coffee. And so... (laughs) We're like, okay, how can we, not only is that a great way to make it consistent, but what I love about, you know, when we start analyzing our routines is really asking ourselves, like, why do I do that in the first place, right? And like, what am I really trying to get from it? And with coffee, as you mentioned, like you want to focus and 
you know, have a lot of energy and be productive. And yet what ends up happening is we get this big caffeine rush. We feel productive for a little bit, hopefully, but then we get a crash and jitters and all these crazy negative side effects, heart palpitations and sweating and the list goes on. (laughs) All the things. Yeah. Minor panic attacks if you're me. (laughs) Yeah. I feel you and you're not alone. So yeah, I mean, what happens when we add adaptogens, lion's mane chaga being adaptogens into our coffee is we're making our coffee more effective, right? Lion's mane is our mushroom for cognitive support and um, we can get deep into the science if we want today. Um, Let's do it. Yes. And, and uh, but beyond even kind of that better for you cup of coffee, making it more effective, there's this brilliant synergy that happens when we combine adaptogens, which are supportive to our stress response. They're working to find balance and equilibrium in our bodies with a stimulant like caffeine. You know, mm. when we pair those together, it's like you're taxing the system at the same time you're bringing it into balance. And so you don't get a crash. You don't get jitters. It's like such a win-win. Yeah, that's great. I was going to make a joke, but I mean, I apply this more to alcohol, but um, I say like during the day when I'm drinking like my green juice and everything before I know I'm going to go out at night, I'm I'm detoxing before I retox. And it's kind of like similar when you're putting those two things together, like synergistically, it's like, you know, they're working together and counteracting um, different things. I love that. (laughs) (laughs) Green Green juice cocktails. Yeah, I used to um I used to work for a pop star. I was on tour with her and everyone knew me as the person that like in the morning cuz you know people when you're on tour they rage and they drink a lot of alcohol and so in the morning I would be in the hotel lobby handing out like green juices and coconut waters and being like, "All right guys, this is for your headache, this is for your hangover." That's amazing. <laughs> it's so important. And detox is so misunderstood. I was a detox coach. Um, I had a clinical practice with herbal medicine and nutrition, but before that was just doing detox coaching. And it's like this detox before you, what did you call it? Detox before you before retox. retox? <laughs> yeah. It's like our bodies are constantly detoxing. We have this yeah. like false perception of like, okay, I need to set aside this week where I'm going to starve myself and I'm going to detox. And it's like, No, that's so not what detox is. Like our bodies are constantly going through this detoxification process. And how can we support that every day, right? Absolutely. And actually, while we're on the subject of detoxifying, are there specific mushrooms that support those pathways? Yeah. So when we think about detoxification, obviously, we think of our our liver, right? Our sieve, our, um, you know, biggest internal organ for really processing and deciding, you know, it's, it's liver has over 500 functions. It's so brilliant. Um, yeah. But we think about liver when we when it comes to detox, because there's these two phases of detoxification that happen um, to really remove any toxicity from our body. And there are certain functional mushrooms. Um, some, you guys might be surprised by this, but shiitake, um, oh. which is actually, you know, doubles as a culinary mushroom is is a herbal medicine as well. It's a, it's an amazing uh, medicine that's been used for thousands of years. And one of the most potent um, kind of qualities about, about shiitake is this idea, a concept of hepatoprotective. So it's tonifying and protective to the liver, mm-hmm. um, which helps to increase the effectiveness of these detoxification pathways. Um, and so at Four Sigmatic, we'll add um, shiitake into products that we talk about like being beautifying, right? So when we think about 
how do we create products that are beautiful? Well, our, kind of the external way we assess what's happening with our liver is our skin health. And so if we can increase the detoxification process of our liver, the most obvious external result is this glowing skin. Um, so shiitake is awesome for, for detox and liver health. I didn't know that, but you know, it is, it's interesting you bring that up about the, the beautifying components, because this is the number one thing I tell anyone that comes to me looking for support around their acne, because personally in my own life, and I figured this out through my studies when I was getting my master's in nutrition, um, but then in my own like anecdotal life is that when my, when I was younger, I had really crazy cystic acne along my chin and no matter what I did, I could, could not get rid of it until finally one day someone said to me, it was like in one of my classes, one of my professors was like, you know, the, the liver is what, um, if it's clogged or if it's like not functioning properly, it can lead to acne or other things go, like showing up on your skin, even sometimes like dull skin. And then on top yes. of that, if you think about for women, well, for men too, but for women specifically, I was having a hormonal imbalance. And if your liver is maybe like a little bit sluggish, you're not probably not getting rid of all of your excess estrogen, which you get through, it's metabolized through your liver. And then also you poop it out through your, um, like it gets excreted through your, your stools. Yeah. Um, but that's really interesting. And I think a lot of people don't really make that connection initially. Yeah. And I'm so glad you bring that up because it's getting to the root of the problem. It's like so many times, yes. whether it's acne or, you know, in my practice, someone coming to me with, you name it, whatever external symptom, like I have swelling or I have, um, you know, red spots happening or I have eczema or hair loss. We're so quick to react to the problem. And yep. what happens when we react to the problem is the problem comes back, right? Yeah. Because the internal source of the problem hasn't been addressed. And so this is really, you know, when it comes to the mushrooms, but also just when it comes to a holistic approach to nutrition, to herbalism, it's how can we really switch the model that so many of us are used to today, which is like fix the problem, fix yeah. the root so that the problem isn't a problem in the first place, right? So it doesn't come back. And exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I had a doctor on my podcast recently and we were talking about sugar and he used this example and I've been able to apply this to so many different areas of functional medicine now. He said, if you, let's say you had a problem with cockroaches in your kitchen and you had a little like corner in your kitchen that had a bunch of crumbs mm. and instead of getting rid of those crumbs, you just kept spraying the cockroaches with Raid. Well, you got rid of those cockroaches, but then more are going to come instead of actually addressing the issue where you actually just needed to clean up the crumbs. And that, I love that. Isn't that amazing? I was like, oh, phew, that makes so much sense. But when you yes. apply that to the body, it means you need to actually get to the root cause of what is happening inside the body. We can't just like throw all these things at it, like medication or whatever, and just expect it to go away. Yes, 100%. And this is where my passion for functional mushrooms really comes in because they are the foundation of really building and nourishing our systems from a root-based place. So you don't take a functional mushroom to experience a certain reaction. You know, you can maybe like take cordyceps and get some energy or, or lion's mane and feel more productivity over time, but really they're working on a much deeper level and they're targeting a couple different areas of our body that are all part of the foundation. And one of those is the immune system. Um, so we'll dive into that real quick. There's all our category of functional mushrooms. So there's a couple hundred mushrooms that are functional, six, 700 of them. Um, 
And what this means, they have known studied benefits to the human body. And one of the most common compounds in all of these functional mushrooms are these complex sugar chains, polysaccharides, that are specifically in the mushrooms beta-D-glucans. And what they do is have the ability to modulate our immune system. Mm. Very unique. They're like cruise control for the immune system. So they can either stimulate certain immune cells, macrophages, natural killer cells, or suppress immune activity based on the body that needs them. Um, so in my practice, I mostly focused on autoimmune conditions where there's too much overactive immune activity happening, and you need something that's going to support and tonify the system without suppressing the immune system so much that the body can't function and respond to everyday you know, antigens and whatever comes its way. So all of our functional mushrooms have this immune ability to modulate, you know, it's, it's really incredible. So very root-based. The other piece is supporting our stress response. Um, and they all do this in different ways, but they're adaptogens, this really unique class of plants and mushrooms that allow our bodies to, they basically give our, our bodies tools to more quickly respond to stressors, which are inevitable. The stressor could be a toxin in the environment and our air and our water and the pesticides in our food, or things like um, watching the news or getting cut off by in a car or someone yelling at you. Like the stressors are constantly coming, right? Our bodies oh, are yeah. like, our bodies are amazing. They're constantly working to keep us in this state of equilibrium. You know, our blood sugar, our blood pressure, our temperature, like they're like, okay, calibrating constantly. Yeah. And adaptions make that easier to do, right? So they give our bodies the resilience to more quickly respond to those stressors and then bring us back into the state of equilibrium. Um, so we're not stuck in, you know, this, this um, fight or flight state. Well, and the cool thing about adaptogens, sorry, um, yeah. is that they literally adapt to your own body's needs specifically. And that's Correct. what's so cool about them is that the effects of, let's say, for example, ashwagandha on me are going to be different on you because my body has different needs for ashwagandha than maybe your body does. Yes, absolutely. Most of them demonstrate this, whether we use the analogy of cruise control or this gas brake system. And so they have compounds that are working like, let's take um, cacao, like chocolate mm -hmm. might be a good common example. That's not is like that as far out. Is that an cacao adaptogen? Is, yes, cacao is an adaptogen. I didn't know that. Um, cool. So, I mean, cacao gets processed so much to the point that it no longer retains its, you know, OG adaptogenic qualities. But true, pure, you know, minimally processed cacao um, is highly adaptogenic. And a, a cool way to think about it is that there's different compounds working together. So all of our whole foods have a range of different phytochemicals, right? They could be minerals, nutrients, amino acids, lipids, you know, working together. And in adaptogens, there's usually a compound that has more of a gas, you know, or stimulating effect. So in cacao, we have a lot of people think that cacao has um, caffeine. It actually has a compound called theobromine. It's, it's similar in the molecular structure, but it's not caffeine but it can be kind of um, uplifting. So we have that as kind of the gas, but then also we know that, you know, women that are hormonal, we crave a lot of chocolate, likely because it's so rich in magnesium, right? Mag 
we are all so 70% of us are deficient in magnesium, number one nutrient deficiency in the American diet, as I'm sure you know. So like magnesium is our ultimate cellular relaxer, like, oh, magnesium for muscle tension, for deep sleep, for headaches. Like we all need more magnesium. It's the dream. Yeah. (laughs) And so we have, and that's the break, right? So we have these two compounds. There's so much else happening, but that can either be depending on the state of your body when you ingest that cacao that can either bring you into more of kind of like an uplifting, stimulated place or into a more grounding, relaxed place based on where your body is meeting that ingredient, right? And that whole species, it's like matchmaking. Like, okay. That is so interesting. And you know what it reminds me of is matcha green tea. Matcha is really high in something called L-theanine. And L-theanine is great for anxiety, stress, and so it kind of, it's why a lot of people switch to matcha when they're, when they decide that coffee gives them too much anxiety is because it has that calming effect while also giving you energy at the same time. It's like a miracle almost, you know? Yes. Yes. That's such a great example. Yeah. So our adaptogens work really similarly so cool. um, in that matcha is not an adaption because of that caffeine. So it's, um, even though it's, yeah, very balanced, uh, it's still pushing us in, in one direction, where adaptogens, um, there's a couple other things that criteria that need to be met, like being non-toxic and non-habit forming caffeine, we kind of can build a habit. So the the more we need, the more we want. Um, But that balancing, that's like the cool thing about using whole foods. It's like they are so brilliant. They're not just these isolated compounds that have like just going to launch you off or knock you out. It's like there is this beautiful complexity of you know, compounds working together to, to bring us, yeah, really, really amazing effects. That is really cool. And it always brings me back to the phrase, mother nature knows best. You know, mother has, nature has literally provided us with everything that we need across the board, <sighs> food. Um, when you talk about adaptogens, um, things that we need to help like adapt to the stressors of everyday life. I mean, it is pretty incredible. Yeah. Yeah. I feel like everything I do is, I was a big environmental activist back in the day and I go through, I just watched Seaspiracy last week. So I'm like, oh my God. <laughs> I need to watch that. You do. It's coming back like full force. But really, I think, you know, the approach to taking care of our own bodies and nutrition and food and, you know, whole food, plant-based medicine is such a powerful way to do that is so that we can feel good enough to show up for the world and and really do our part and remember the connection, like you said, that every breath we take is every bite of food we take is dependent on, on the health of our planet. So absolutely. And it's all connected. And I've been talking about this a lot recently. We don't have to go down this rabbit hole, but just, um, you know, our farming practices alone are showing us that the further we get from nature, the sicker we become, you know? Yes. Yeah. 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 This is, you know, if there was one word that I would use to describe the intelligence of the fungal kingdom, it would be connectivity. Mm. And I really believe there are greatest teachers of connection. And that can play out in so many ways, whether it's connection to our own bodies by taking us out of a state of stress, um, you know, strengthening our immune system to get us more in touch to what's truly going on in our bodies. But really, when we look at how fungi interact in nature, they are they're the grand connectors. Like 
They are the bridge between life and death. They're the grand decomposers of the world. So, you know, moldy cheese in the fridge or fallen trees in the forest, they are decomposing everything. Um, and then when we look at the, the structure of the mycelial network, which is the underground, you know, essentially root system of what yes. mushrooms fruit from, it is connecting the statistics now are over 90% of plants on earth. I believe that every, every plant is dependent on this relationship, this symbiotic relationship with, with mycelium. And it is literally, you know, every step we take on the planet, we're stepping on at least 300 miles of uh, mycelial biomass. You know, every breath we take in, we're breathing in 10 fungal spores. So we are living in harmony with the fungi, whether we're conscious of it or not. And I think that the bridge to really being able to show up and remember our connection to the planet, our need to support our planet is going to come through more connection to the mushrooms that connect everything. Can we talk a little bit more about that underground network? I actually, that was going to be one of my questions for you, for people listening that are really unaware of it. And to be honest, I don't know too much about it other than what you just said. Can we give a little yes. background on it? Yeah, so dive into it. We'll we'll zoom out and all start from the same place and that fungi are their own biological kingdom. So this is massive, just mm -hmm. as we're part of the animal kingdom, there's the plant kingdom, fungi are their own massive kingdom like this and there's um a highly debated number of species in this kingdom, but it's huge. What we do agree upon is that there's at least six times as many species of fungi as there are all plants on earth. So Damn. think of think of every plant you can name, like fruit, veggie, shrub, grass, tree, Trees. grain, you know. <laughs> and now how many fungal species you can name? You know, big, and yet there's six times as many in this fungal, king, fungal kingdom at least. Um, and only certain fungi actually fruit um, which means they grow into a mushroom. So a mushroom is actually like the apple of a tree. And the mm. majority of species that even grow mushrooms, um, the majority of that species lives underground or within the root system of a tree. Um, and it lives as this network comprised of these little thread-like hairs. Uh, they are tubular in nature. They're called hyphae. And the collection of hyphae are as known as mycelium. And they form these mats. If anyone's a gardener, has dug in soil, you've likely seen this kind of like white, often white, can be other stringy stuff um, within soil. That's mycelium. It's in all soils on earth. It's actually in most plants. We used to think that it just wrapped around the roots of plants. And now we know that it actually penetrates through the cell walls of plants. So any part of a oh. plant that you look at, right, like a <laughs> seed, leaf, flower, you'll see mycelium within that. Um, and I wow. love this concept so much as a, a plant-based eater and nutritionist and herbalist, because we give so much credit to our plants. And yet fungi are kind of these secret underground players that all of our plants are dependent upon for survival. So, you know, plants used to be in like the, their algal, algal form, like in swamps in the ocean, 
and they needed a root system to be able to bring them um, onto land. And so there was this interaction, this symbiosis that happened where fungi and algae began to to meet um, and, you know, plants on earth were then created and and began to span and and spread. Um, But where the plants are able to photosynthesize, right, and collect energy from the sun and turn that into sugars, they bring it down into their plant being. And then what the fungi do is help bring um, both moisture, so bring that water into the plants, as well as life-sustaining minerals. So a plant, Mm. you know, we talk about like our cacao, for example, that's magnesium rich. The cacao gets a vast majority of that magnesium through a symbiotic partnership with its called mycorrhiza fungi, myco being fungi and rhiza being root system. So this um, fungal partner that is uh, connected to its root system that can literally go search for miles underneath the forest floor to mine and harvest minerals and then bring that back into the plant to keep it alive. So there's this like relationship constantly happening with all of our plants. Um, And it's all happening through this, through this, this mycelial network, which um, it's like the cardiovascular system of the planet, right? Like exchanging nutrients, exchanging information constantly. It's so fascinating. Yeah, that's fascinating. I've actually never heard of it explained like that before. And it makes so much sense when you think about just, for example, when we kill the soil in conventional farming, we're also killing off that network, which would make perfect sense as to why now we're seeing declining vitamin and minerals in our food. Yes. Our soil health, oh my gosh, is it's a nightmare. so critical. And yeah, it's completely a nightmare and it's completely dependent on, yeah, what's present in our food. You know, we were like, yeah. Yeah. That's so, so interesting. And and I've heard it explained like this before, but please correct me if I'm wrong, but this underground network is how um, they all communicate to each other, right? They're all communicating to each other through this fungi like network, right? Yes, absolutely. Yeah. It's a communication network. It's um, so the pattern. Yeah. The pattern of mycelium, there's a few patterns that mimic its... Um, pattern. <laughs> What's the other word for it? Uh, but it's it's nearly identical to the human brain, this networking pattern of the human brain, of the internet, and of the universe. Wow. That's fascinating. It's underneath our feet, everywhere we are, right? Wow. Constantly communicating and signaling and messaging and, and giving one another information um, to, to really, like, keep the planet alive, to keep our all of our... our um, soils abundant to keep our plants with the nutrients they need. I mean, it's, there's a, there's an awesome movie called Fantastic Fungi that gives a lot of visual visuals to this. Have you seen it? I haven't, but it's on my list. I've had several people now tell me I need to watch it. So. Okay. This is your final reminder. Um, (laughs) The universe is like, go watch that already. (laughs) Yeah. We've just never had that sort of footage. The um, amazing director, Louis Schwartzberg, he spent 13 years doing time lapses of different mushrooms fruiting. And I mean, we can see and have this like visual understanding of 
this network that so often we don't pay attention to because we can't see it, right? We don't have this, like, they're not like plants that are really showy and bright and colorful. Mushrooms really, you know, harbor this place of mystery and being in the corner and being shrouded in darkness. And, you know, they live in the debris and we're bringing that and through this film, it really brings that to light. So we can start having conversation about the potential of this kingdom. So, you know, beyond medicine, fantastic fungi will give a lot of other examples, but we're finding that this mycelial network is has massive potential for a number of different uh, ecological outlets from being mm. an amazing company out of Boulder, Colorado, um, that's using this mycelium as a meat alternative. Um, oh, cool. There's a company that. that's creating leather from the mycelium. Um you know, other packaging alternatives. Um, I mean, the list goes on. It's, it's. I've seen mushroom jerky. I don't, is that the same as the Boulder company you were talking about, or is that different? Different. Um, okay. the, the Boulder company is called Meaty, uh, and they, like, you can literally cut. It's like pieces of steak. Like, it oh, bleeds. Cool. It's crazy. Um, wow. Like, with less than five ingredients. It's, like, mostly the mycelium and then spices. That's what I was going to ask is the ingredients because a lot of these like Beyond Burgers and stuff are crap and I would never recommend them to anyone. It's crazy. Yeah. Yeah. It is really crazy. And after you watch the Seaspiracy, I'm like, okay, when are we going to create these like seafood alternatives? Um, But mycelium offers massive potential that's clean, right? It's not like a… Amazing. Yeah. Um, And then the jerky, have you had mushroom jerky? I have. Yeah, I tried it once. It was maybe like a year ago. And I, to be honest, it wasn't my favorite, but I've heard that there are other brands that are better that I okay. need to try. Cool. Did you Do like you it? Yeah, I'm obsessed. The, the brand that I love is Pans. Um, I haven't tried this that one. Like, okay, this is... Okay, we have... You're going to be uh, okay, I'm gonna eating Pans jerky while watching Fantastic Fungi, like turning yes, into yes. a mushroom this week. While um, drinking my Four Sigmatic. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Yeah, the, that jerky, it's not the mycelium. It's actually the full, they use like the full fruiting body, the actual real mushroom of shiitake. And then they flavor it and it's like, oh. Ooh, okay. Divine. Well, I'm going to check it out. I'm also going to put it in the show notes if anyone else wants to check it out. Perfect. Yum. Love it. So let's get into, I want to talk a little bit about the different mushrooms that do different things in the body. Um, I have kind of a list of different things I want to know what specifically targets what thing. But I have cool. an overarching question, which is, do all of these mushrooms, and all of them I mean more like the lion's mane, the chaga, the cordyceps, do they all have components that do a lot of different things? Or are there ones that you would specifically recommend for, let's say, cognitive function or specifically for anxiety, et cetera? Yes. So they all have common compounds like the the beta-glucans that are immune modulating. But then beyond that, they have different compounds that target unique things in the body, um, which is, so they all do multiple things, right? They're all adaptogens. And so they all support the immune system. They all support the stress response to an extent. And then additionally, they offer something unique to the body. So it's like you and I, we're both you know, nutritionists and we're into plants and yet we each offer something slightly different into our world. Mm -hmm. Same thing with these functional mushrooms. Cool. Oh, sorry. I wasn't sure if you were continuing. (laughs) Should we go into, so 
So you yeah. mentioned like some of the big players. Uh, Lion's Mane is a great place to start. And the majority of our research is on Lion's Mane supporting cognitive function, right? Focus, concentration, memory. And the reason for this are two constituents that are unique to Lion's Mane, um, the hyracinones and the irinacines. And they have this unique ability to help activate the, um, this hormone called nerve, nerve growth factor, um, which is pretty new. There's not a ton of research on nerve growth factor. But what we do know is what nerve growth factor does is helps uh, neurogenesis, helps uh, stimulate neural firing within the blood-brain barrier. Um, and that's what's also so unique about these irinacines is they're light enough to penetrate the blood-brain barrier. You know, other things that are able to penetrate are like nicotine and alcohol and um, irinacines are like a real saint in this lineup. Yeah. Um, and <laughs> this also leads to brain longevity, right? Because the more uh, the, we know that loss of nerve growth factor and declining nerve growth factor leads to cell death. And so the more we have cells dying, the quicker our, our brain is degenerating. And so a lot of the research with lion's mane is um, on neuro de- with different neurodegenerative diseases, things mm-hmm. like Parkinson's, Alzheimer's, dementia, um, to really support the brain's ability to continue that neural firing. Um, and for those of us that don't have those ailments, we experience, you know, focus and um, just this kind of like light bulb effect on our brain. Oh, it's so interesting. So what for, I want to go down the line and talk about a couple different ones. So for, okay, so that would be for cognitive function mostly. What about for immunity? I know that's a big one this year. What would be the mushrooms that are best for immunity? All mushrooms, all functional mushrooms. So like, well, not all culinary mushrooms, but these functional varieties are going to be amazing immune modulators. So, you know, and when you stack functional mushrooms with each other, um, it strengthens their uh, immunomodulating response in the body. So really, like, if there was one thing you could use for long-term natural immune support, it would be our, our groups of functional mushrooms. And if I had to call out one, maybe like, they're all for immune support, um, chaga is incredible. Anotis obliquus is the Latin name. And um, chaga is one of the most antioxidant rich foods on the planet. Um, antioxidants are so critical for, uh, fighting free radicals in the body for, for maintaining, um, a strong and healthy immune system to be able to react and respond to, you know, toxins and stressors that the body, uh, is exposed to. And so, yeah, it's a total powerhouse. It also, you know, is anti-inflammatory and antiviral. And so it has these direct properties as well as that, kind of modulating ability and and the just plethora of, of antioxidant properties. Awesome. So my morning chagachino is really helping my immune system. <laughs> Big time. Yes. I love that. <laughs> <laughs> but the thing is, okay, chaga is kind of like the mushroom space is like a wild west right now. So make sure if you're using especially chaga, but all functional mushrooms, that you're getting the real thing. What I mean yeah. by this is um, the mycelium is wonderful for like ecological alternatives and, um, you know, w- wonderful like 
environmental benefits from the mycelium. But when it comes to our bodies and using them as medicine, what is super important is using the actual mushroom itself, the real mushroom. Um, This is the part that's like above ground or on the side of trees, the visible part. Um, And this is where the vast majority of research is. And this is the only part of the mushroom that was accessible to all of our ancestors and the people that have been using functional mushrooms for literally thousands of years. So when we talk about, you know, the safety because of the long held traditions and the folk uses, it's been on that real mushroom. Um, So make sure it says that. For those listening, how would you find out besides like, it, let's just say if someone doesn't have access to Four Sigmatic, which if you do, I highly recommend you grab Four Sigmatic mushrooms. But just to give someone kind of a, a guideline into finding out how they would find the pure mushroom like that, what would they do? Yeah. Yeah. What so if you're, if you're buying mushrooms in the marketplace, it will say the actual word mushroom or it will say fruiting body because the mushroom is is like the fruit. It pre- it has the spores, which are like the mushroom seeds, like the apple on the tree. So it will say mushroom or fruiting body if it's the real mushroom, or it will say mycelium, which means you're just getting, um, you know, some of that root system. Additionally, okay. yeah. Oh, sorry. I was just saying, I wasn't asking about the actual mushrooms you buy in, in the grocery store. I meant more, um, I know a lot of people that put mushroom powders in their like coffee drinks, their smoothies. Um, yeah. I have a guy friend that has uh, pills, capsules that he just showed me today, actually. So how yes. do you know if it's the actual like whole real mushroom? I guess we'll just say whole mushroom on there. It has to say, okay. yeah, it'll say it'll say the word mushroom or the word mycelium. Oh, okay, okay. On okay, so that's products. the difference on Got the package. It. The other thing that you can look for is if it says other ingredients and the other ingredient is some sort of cereal grain like a rice or an oat or a wheat, that is an indicator that it's been grown in a lab, that it's likely just the mycelium versus these mushrooms in the wild, they grow on trees. Almost all of our functional mushrooms grow on trees. So that's really interesting because these pills that my friend showed me today, he was like, I got these mushroom capsules. Are these good? And I was like, I actually don't know. And I read at the back and it said, what did it say? I have a photo. It said like rice brand or something. So that was probably not, it's probably not a good source then. Yeah. So we want to be aware, especially when you're getting uh, mushrooms that have been grown on grain um, or Uh even just mycelium. If the mushrooms, yes, if you're just getting mycelium that's been grown on grain, there's no way to know how much of the final product in your powder or in your capsule is just that ground up grain versus how much is actually the mycelium. So a lot of times you could be getting a product that's like, you know, 50% or more of just grain and so, none of the actual full mushroom itself. Okay. This is so interesting. And I so love that my friend showed me this today. I took a picture of the label and I'm looking at it right now and it lists off all these different mushrooms, king trumpet, cordyceps, turkey tail, reishi, maitake, um, lion's mane. And then it says at the very end on mycelated organic oats. Mm-hmm. So I'm going to tell them to toss those. <laughs> Myceliated, okay. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's almost like, you know, we can think of we are what we eat. The mushrooms are what they eat. And so a lot of their beneficial compounds are actually coming from, um, you know, what they're grown on. And you can add different nutrients to the grain. Um, but, you know, especially if you're not getting the full mushroom, 
then you really don't know if you're just eating grain or, you know, partial mycelium. And so much of where the mycelium gets its like immune supporting properties is because the mycelium is one cell wall thick. So this hyphal network. And so in nature, it's constantly exposed to, you know, tons of different invaders that it has to protect itself against. So it's really strong, right? It's protecting its own immune system. We can use it to have the same effect in our body because we share 40% of the DNA, our DNA with mushrooms. However, when we are sourcing our mushrooms in a sterile lab environment, even if there's one potential invader, the whole batch is considered contaminated and it's thrown out, right? So completely different. um, Yeah, it's like night and day. So we really want to look for, uh, you know, I believe as an herbalist using the mushroom in the way it's been used for thousands of years, where we have the tradition and the story and the folklore to back it up. And what that means is using the actual real mushroom, um, and ideally that has been grown on grown on wood or actually wild harvested, um, which means it's picked out in nature um, from the trees that it's growing on. Oh, this is really interesting um, and great information for people listening. What do you think about the little tinctures? I've seen things online that are they come in you know little tincture drops kind of situation. Yes. Are those okay? Yeah, you're, it's so funny. I have one here. This oh is yeah, like oh one I of my love favorite that friends. Yeah, yeah. Alex is awesome. Mushroom revival. Um, yeah. So the other thing. So once you're like, okay, this is a real mushroom. I know it's been grown on wood or it's been wild harvested. Is how it's extracted, right? How it gets from the mushroom into your bottle or your pill or your capsule. And extraction is critical with functional mushrooms. One reason is, main reason is because mushrooms or functional mushrooms contain a compound in their cell wall called chitin, and it's the same compound found in crustaceans. So think of like a shrimp or a lobster shell. Really tough, right? Yeah. Yeah. So our bodies don't naturally contain chitinase, which is the enzyme to break open that chitin. And so chitin, I think of it like a door that is binding up all of the amazing medicinal compounds in the mushroom. And unless the door has been broken open, our bodies can't access any of that goodness that's hidden within the mushroom. And so we're seeing words like raw and fermented and micronized and all this other stuff that doesn't confirm that the mushroom is actually, that any of it is actually usable by your body like one of my biggest pet peeves, people taking a chaga powder for months. Like, yeah, it didn't do anything. And I'm like, well, was it extracted? And they're like, oh, I don't know. I'm like, you were just like having fiber, right? Your body was just passing through this and there was a gold mine inside waiting for your body to access it. Yeah, so extraction is key. There's, There's two traditional ways to extract. One is through alcohol. So that's where the tincture comes into play. And the other is through long hot water. So we call that a decoction, like a think of a brew, right? Where the heat is exposed to the water for several hours. Um, and one is not better, better than the other. They're both great ways to extract and break open that chitin. Um, they're just going to pull out different compounds, right? So when you make a, a water extract, um, you're going to pull out water-soluble compounds, which in a lot of our mushrooms are those polysaccharides, those beta-glucans that support the immune system. 
So you got like a, a tea of mushrooms, you're probably going to have it be more beneficial to your immune system. Um, if you get a tincture, it's going to pull out um, more oil-soluble or alcohol-soluble compounds like mushroom oils, triterpenes um, that all have different effects, but you know, to make it really simple, are more primarily more adaptogenic or support the stress response. So it's kind of like choose the method um, based on what compounds you want. Yeah. But yeah, I'm all about tinctures, teas, like do it all. And then the gold standard is double extraction, which means both have been done. Um, And that's what we do at Four Sigmatic. So it's like we tincture, we do the hot water extract, we dehydrate both, turn it back into a powder. So it's like using the whole animal if you eat meat, right? Like getting as much out of it as possible. Oh, that's great. Well, that's really good to know. So for someone listening that wants to use mushrooms to help calm, maybe calm anxiety or calm them down before they go to sleep at night, what kind of mushrooms would you recommend for that specifically? Reishi mushroom, our queen of mushrooms. Uh, We call her your partner in chill incredibly adaptogenic, um, has over a, a hundred of the immune supporting polysaccharides, these beta glucans, 120 triterpenes, which support our stress response. Um, yeah, amazing, um, kind of oil compound that you get in a mushroom tincture called ganoderic acid. Uh, so really profound ability to support our stress response, allow us to really unwind and, and get a good night's sleep. So wonderful in the afternoon, um, evening or even, you know, throughout the day, if you're feeling kind of like jittery and anxious, you just need something to really calm your spirit. It helps. And I love Four Sigmatic has that reishi hot chocolate. I love that stuff. I try to drink that before bed or maybe like a couple hours before to kind of help bring me down and relax me. And it just tastes like, tastes like Swiss Miss hot chocolate almost. It's so good, but it's healthy. Right? But it's healthy. <laughs> it's ri- not only cacao, which now we know is an adaptogen, We use two grams of coconut sugar in that. So it's like really sweet, but coconut sugar is, you know, as a new like whole food form of, of sugar with lots of beneficial minerals as well. And two grams is like one tenth of a banana. Yeah. It's Um, negligible. Yeah. Versus like the classic hot chocolate on the shelf is like, oh God, probably like 20, 30. Oh yeah. At least 20, 30 grams of sugar. And it's white and, cane sugar, probably. Or right, and before bed, and then you're supposed to sleep? I'm like... Nightmare. Nightmare. Yeah, but that... Uh, yeah, our mushroom cacao is so... So good. Yeah, I'm glad you love it. So good. Now I'm craving it. I'm going to have to go make one after this. <laughs> good plan. I will too. Yes. Love that. Um, and so what about energy? If someone's looking to get more energy, what would you recommend? Yeah, there's a wonderful, really wild mushroom called cordyceps which is, you know, you can take it before workout, but I almost recommend taking it after workout because it's so potent that you can start to rely on it. Like you'll work out so much stronger, more efficiently. Um, you will, it has the anti, anti-fatigue effect, so you won't be exhausted as, as quickly. You'll be able to have a, a greater sense of endurance. Um, yeah, wonderful functional mushroom that grows uh, up in the Himalayas, above 14,000 feet altitude. So, um, yeah, it was originally used by Sherpas, mountain climbers, who would need that stamina, the support with their lung health, um, also supports the immune system. But really, without any sort of stimulation, they were so used to, like, turning towards caffeine or a stimulant to give us that energy. 
what's so unique about cordyceps is there's none of that direct stimulation happening. So you get this energy by an increase in oxygenation, increase in VO2 max, um, increase in blood flow and allowing your body to uh, create more long-term sustained physical energy uh, without any sort of crash or downfall once that energy has been expended. Wow. And you mentioned lung health and immunity. So it sounds like a great thing to be taking right now too. I'm like, if there was one magic <laughs> mushroom we could take right now. <laughs> You're like, wait, actually, I got one. <laughs> yeah. Cordyceps is, is Mainstream phenomenal. media won't pick that up. <laughs> right. Um, There's actually a really cool article in this Russian newspaper a few months ago about chaga. And it was oh, like, cool. scientists discover potential, like, I'm like, going to be, I can't even say this on the air, but the article was like separate. I'm not saying this, the article saying like, you know, discover this like potential cure, whatever would not cure, but like if for COVID, okay. I'm like, I can't even talk about it. It's like so illegal for me to say, which is also whack, but there was an article that came about a chaga for supporting, you know, COVID and, um, it's amazing. It's like Russian scientists didn't discover this. We've been using this for 8,000 years. Like yeah. we just have forgotten and we don't, have, you know, the, the knowledge in the West really uh, is lacking. So. Well, we like forget. Yeah. We forget how young we are as a nation. You know, we're babies in the grand scheme of things. And I feel like sometimes we forget that traditional medicine has been around for a long time for a reason. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And there's, you know, there's benefits to both. We just have to remember absolutely. that the the vast majority of our um, you know Western or pharmaceuticals come from isolated compounds found in our plants or our mushrooms. Um, yep, and they so, come with a lot of side effects. Yeah, absolutely. And I think you know if we can use our current medications to keep you know stabilize us to a point that we can actually start working on the underlying root causes of things. That's our goal, right? So it's not like shaming. Um, no. my partner, he's a, a physician assistant. And so we're like, hold that East West, um, side of things together. And he's like, I need to, um, prescribe someone, you know, an antidepressant so that they're okay for the next week. And then once, you know, they have that mindset, then we can start bringing vitamin D on board and magnesium and, you know, working on the diet. So it's like, don't wrong yourself no matter where you're at in the phase, but just know that, you know, it's time for us to remember that we can also support our, our roots. Right. And the way that we can do that is, is now, no matter where you're at to ensure that you're healthy in in five, 10, 20 years, not to just uh, support a immediate symptom. Yeah, that's really important. And I completely agree with you. I don't think, um, I mean, I don't think the point is not to shame or to say that we don't need medication. We would absolutely not be here without some of the medication that we have. But I do agree it's about that balance, right, of getting to the root symptoms, the root cause, and finding ways that we can remedy it with the least amount of side effects. And also just finding what works best for people, you know, and some people just need medication, and that's okay. Totally. Totally. And they need herbs and nutrition, right? We're all eating. So it's like, yes, how can we just maximize the nutrient profile of what we're putting in our body every day already. And then let's see, maybe you don't need what you thought you needed before. Once your body has what it needs and is no longer deficient in, you know, certain minerals or vitamins or whatever that, that produces 
the symptoms that make us think we need some sort of pill. Yeah, absolutely. So I'm curious um, with these functional mushrooms, I know we hear a lot about this in um, the news lately because there's been a lot of studies coming out about psilocybin and its effects on anxiety and depression. Is there also that connection with these functional mushrooms? Yeah, there's so much exciting research coming out in the world of, of psychedelics. And I really feel like it's like the 60s, but done right, um, <laughs> where yes. we're slowly with research monitoring the process of going through these different journeys and the ability to really rewire our brains in a lot of ways. Um, so functional mushrooms don't have any sort of psychoactive component to them. You know, while we have um, that kind of nerve growth factor stimulation with our lion's mane and um, immune abilities, there's no sort of psychosis happening with with the functional varieties, which is why they're legal uh, everywhere in the world and I think hopefully always will be. Uh, <laughs> but I think it's opening this whole fungal kingdom and the world and the potential of what mushrooms can offer to our bodies on a mental, physical, spiritual level is starting to, we're starting to open to these possibilities. And um, yeah, we're seeing decriminalization and different city after different city. And, you know, already we have ketamine assisted psychotherapy, which is the first um, fully federally legal form of psychedelic therapy. And so we're, we're on the path to um, inviting, I think, the, the psilocybin medicine into our consciousness. And I feel like it couldn't come at a better time. Yeah, I couldn't agree more, especially bringing this back to what I said in the beginning is our need and our desire to get back to nature. And I see this as another, as a stepping stone, helping us get more in tune and in connection with nature again. Yeah, absolutely. You know, the fun, the fungi will do that, whether you are aware of it or not. They're, they're connectors. They're like dancing through our systems when we take them and, and bridging things. And yeah, I think that connection is, is key. That's their medicine. That's what they're offering us. And, um, yeah, what a, what a brilliant time to be more connected to, to ourselves and our, our communities and our planet when it feels like the whole world is, you know, more disconnected than ever. So with adaptogens, is there ever a point where our body can get used to them and then they don't work as effectively anymore? Yeah. So this is one of the criteria of what makes a mushroom or a plant an adaptogen is that they're non-habit forming. And so what that means is we don't build a tolerance. Uh, it's not as if the more we take, the more we need. Um, and because of that, they're actually known as tonics. So the way that they've been used for thousands of years is taken every single day to really build and nourish the system from this root-based place. Um, so they're meant to be taken long-term, daily, to really build and support the system. That said, they can be so, almost have magical effects. They're so wonderful and adapt with our bodies and support our stress response that it is important to not use them as a mask. Like, oh, I don't have to fix my nutrition or exercise or get good sleep. I'm just going to pump myself up with a lot of adaptogens. And while you won't become, you know, like addicted or reliant on them, the again, don't use them as a mask for the underlying issues, right? They're one really powerful piece of the puzzle, but continue to know that 
holistic health is holistic, you know? And so what that means is we have to support our, our bodies in all these other ways through movement and through proper food and clean sources of water and good sleep and adaptions, hopefully if they're not already, can be another really effective piece of, of your health puzzle. I love the way that you put that. Mm. So I ask everyone this question, what are your personal health non-negotiables? That can be anything from um, no matter what, no matter how busy you are, you always drink a smoothie in the morning or um, like one of them for me, and I say this every time, so my listeners are probably sick of hearing this, but like one of my non-negotiables, no matter what, is I go for a walk outside every single day just to get sunlight, to get fresh air, to get exercise. And it, and the non-negotiable means no matter how busy your day is, you just make sure you prioritize this for yourself and your health. Yeah. The thing that's coming up really strong is water. We've kind of been dancing around this topic of water. And I think water is the one of the most overlooked pieces of our, our health. And so clean water, not drinking empty water. So a lot of us will, you know, the water is coming through our tap or full of all sorts of things, including, yeah, including, uh, you know, things that kill dangerous things in our water, but that also can kill a lot of um, important microbes and um, bacteria in our guts. And so we talk about, you know, the danger of taking antibiotics all the time to kill everything in our microbiome while we really have to think about what's in our water. And so um, not only are, should we clean and purify our water, we have to be sure that we're not then just drinking empty water. We see like dehydration all the time. And it's like, yeah, we're purifying our water to the point that there aren't minerals and um, critical factors for our body to actually uptake the the hydration. And so, yeah, I think big non-negotiable is clean water that, you know, my process right now, since I, I used to live in um, a state park where I could get spring water. Like that was the gold standard. I wish we could all drink spring water all the time. Uh, but now living in Los Angeles, I use my Berkey filter, which is, uh, I highly recommend it. And then I remineralize it with different rocks that leach minerals to, to bring um, kind of that life force back into the water. And, you know, just like we all eat food all the time, um, we need we need water to keep us sustained and nourished and hydrated and feeling vital and I think paying attention to where our water is coming from and what's in it is so, so important and and not talked about enough. Yeah, this is a, this is a very, very important topic. And I encourage anyone listening to go to EWG's website and look up your area and your water specifically. They have a lot of reports there and you will probably be pretty shocked about the things that are in your water, not to mention pharmaceuticals, pesticide runoff, there's a lot of stuff that's in our water. I actually have a Berkey as well, but I'm very curious to know about these rocks. Do you put these in your Berkey in the bottom? Yeah, I put them in the Berkey. You can use lots of different rocks. The one that I've been experimenting with are called Mifon stones, M-A-I-F-A-N stones. Um, and they are porous, so they leach different beneficial minerals back into the water. Um, but, you know, if we want to get really heady, then you can, I put like rose quartz in there and, you know, all sorts of different stones, which are just collections of minerals. You know, if we actually break it down, it doesn't even have to be that like woo woo. It's like, no, that's kind of what, what our crystals or our rocks are made of. Um, 
so yeah, I put those back in and there's also a cool, um, website called find a spring and you can find springs near wherever you are. Like even in LA, there's springs like up in Topanga and people will chart where they found them on the map. And then you can go and try to like tap your own spring and, and harvest your own spring water, which could be a fun activity. Really cool. I'm going to add that in the show notes. So if anyone is interested and wants to check that out. So for everyone listening, where can they find you? Yeah. So my social is Danielle Ryan Broida and my website is Danielle Ryan Wellness. And then day to day, I'm all over Four Sigmatic. So you can find us at Four Sigmatic on all social channels and at foursigmatic.com. Amazing. Thank you so much. Today was great. Yeah. Thank you. Such a pleasure. Thanks for listening to today's episode of the Real Foodology Podcast. If you liked this episode, please leave a review in your podcast app to let me know. This is a resident media production produced by Drake Peterson and edited by Chris McCone. The theme song is called Heaven by the amazing singer Georgie, spelled with a J. Love you guys so much. See you next week. And I-